anything that we can that is going to provide you with uh, the opportunity to um, to live your best life. That's my goal. It's uh, basically my goal in everything I do for myself, for my family, for my my clients. Um, I let's see. I want to. Uh, sorry, too many moving parts in here. Um, I want to do my best to to be a guide as well as be guided uh, to to better things. Uh, life is about learning. It's about it's about experiences, um, and it's about you know going through the hard stuff so we can get to the good stuff. In many many cases. So um, today it's just me. We usually have uh, if you don't if you're new to the show we usually have a guest on, but uh, today it's just me. I you know it's it's a uh, it's an interesting and fun place to be, just you know, hanging out here by myself and just talking to you. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a, a normal thing for me to just kind of sit and talk to myself. But <laughs> but um, you know, I really enjoy it because there are a lot of there there are things that sit on my heart and things that I want to share um, that I that you know I think it's important that it just comes from me. Uh, you know, but there are a lot of people who who are, you know, who believe and, and agree with the things that I say, but sometimes we just don't get to say it the way that I am thinking it. And so I, this isn't really making any sense. What I'm trying to say is I hear in practice a lot of times um, that my clients are feeling like their power has been taken away. Um, and I think it's sad. I think it's frustrating. And, you know, I think that there is a way that we can um, we can take that power back, and that's my goal with uh, with everything that I do is to help people grab the power that they have um, so they can move forward. So, but as always, we start the show with gratitude. Um, you know, I think that uh, what I'm grateful for today, uh, and the reason we start the show with gratitude is because literally gratitude can change the world. If we take a step back, um, and, and, and just appreciate even the tiniest things that we have in our life to, that, that makes things good. You know, I don't care how small it is. I don't, I don't care how big it is. I don't care if it's one. I don't care if it's a thousand. Um, just being grateful can change your energy. It can change your biochemistry. And then it radiates. It radiates to all of those who are around us, right? So, um, for today, I am. Yeah. So I lost the uh, I lost the phone, Henry. Um. Anyway, so today I'm grateful for the fact that uh, I have finally launched Soulful Conception, which is a uh, it has been a a program from the heart that has been in the making for a really really long time. And I say that you know I'll give just a little bit of history. Uh, kind of interestingly, is you know back when I was in college as undergrad, um, I took a reproductive physiology course, um, and that was sort of the beginning of my my love for the miracle of life and the uh, the miracle that we have the ability to create life. Um, obviously, we are we are co-creating uh, with with our our creator, but. Um, it is this this beautiful, perfect, 
amazing process that we experience and, and so often just kind of take for granted that it is a miracle that happens every single day, multiple times a day, and sometimes multiple times for, for, for us humans. And it's really fascinating and, again, beautiful and miraculous. And so um, I, I, that, that started my journey, sort of this long and windy journey into the love of reproduction, the love of fertility, the love of, um, of, of how we have the ability to create or we, we, we can create health or we can create a lack of health. Um, and so much of this, you know, we, we have this, this view of, of procreation that it is, well, it's just going to happen. Or, man, if it doesn't happen, then, well, it's my fault for it not happening, right? There are a lot of factors that go into uh, creating little humans. Um, and, and I think that taking a step back and knowing that you're as healthy as you can possibly be as you're moving through that process, both mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, if possible, um, as healthy as you can be in, in all of these ways only helps to create a more healthy little human. Um, and so that has been my journey with Soulful Conception is, is helping people in that journey to health or to optimize either way uh, to then create the healthiest pregnancy and the healthiest baby and the healthiest adult and then of course adults for generations to come right and so that's what this is about this is about not only creating for today but creating for the future and for, for many many generations and so Soulful conception, I'm, I'm grateful for that, but that also leads me then into today's conversation. Um, and then, and so today's conversation is really been something that's been sitting on me for a while because what I see, sorry, I've got all of these notifications. Um, what I what I keep hearing in practice as I as I work with clients, they come to me and I hear them say, you know, everybody keeps telling me I'm fine, my labs are fine everything's normal what's the problem why do I not feel right and 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 then they're just kind of blown off and it's a really frustrating place for for anyone to be and it's a frustrating place for me to be because my goal is to never blow anyone off right I want I don't want to blow off the smallest things because those can end up being large things I want to understand what's going on to the deepest level and where there's a disconnect with, um, I believe, with conventional medicine and with um, functional medicine slash functional nutrition is, you know, conventional medicine has been taught to find a symptom and cover it up. Um, whereas in functional medicine and functional nutrition, we're taught to understand what the symptom, where the symptom is coming from, and then address the cause of that symptom so the body can then repair and rebalance and so we have we have this situation where um, where we have people over drugged drugs are important in certain situations but uh, we have people over drugged we have 
Um, what is the stat? I wonder if I put it up here. The stat where um, I think it's I think I didn't. I was looking. So it was it forty two million people. I'm not going to say that because I don't remember what it is. Anyway, a huge, huge number of people are on antidepressants. Um, and the data shows, I mean, it is evidence-based fact. Um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting situation that we have ourselves in where we, we, we go to the doctor, the doctor says, well, your labs look fine, and then we hear the words, so you're fine, or you're just getting older, get used to it, or that's just how you're made, get used to it, or it's the luck of the draw, or I don't know how to help you, or let's put you on antidepressants and see if that helps. And what does that do? What does that do to, to the, the patient, the client who is searching, who is sitting there going, I know something's wrong, what does it do to their 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 mental and emotional state? What does it do to their to their um, to their their power? Right? It it literally takes their power away, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I know that this isn't right, and so often they just live life that way. Right? How miserable is that? You know, live life that way, so we can we can repair and balance and live this God-given life to the fullest that we can. We all have so much to give. You know, I believe that we're put here to give, to learn, to serve, to, to educate, to guide, all of these things that I try to do on a daily basis. But I think that's where, what we're all put here to do. Um, and, and when we don't have the power, we don't have the health, we don't have the understanding, We're some we may be always having to look for the bathroom when we're out, or you don't know uh, when when a, a pain is going to arise and you have to go home. Whatever the case may be, that's not the way to live life. And for you to be told your labs are fine, so you're fine, or just deal with it. That's just the way that you're made. Um, I think it's a, it's 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 problematic. And we you know we need to take a step back and say. You know, I am going to find my team, and I'm going to get better. Um, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time to find your team, but it's important to find your team to help you to get to a better place. So I was doing a little bit of, you know, looking around as I was, you know, thinking about this 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 talk today. And there is a quote from Dr. Mark Hyman, who is. Uh, just as good as it gets. If you don't know Dr. Mark Hyman, check him out. Um, he's he's just really smart, um, and he's one of the. I don't know if you call him a found was one of the founders of functional medicine, uh, maybe, but I I believe he's one of the founders of the Institute for Functional Medicine, which is where I have uh, some of my training from, um, and it's it's great because it really is when we're looking at, at functional medicine, functional nutrition. We're looking for the root cause. We want to understand the body. Disease doesn't just happen. There's always a reason for it. So what he said was, we are amidst a metabolic health and obesity crisis that has taken the world by force, hijacking our biology, creating cellular dysfunction, and ultimately making us overweight, depressed, infertile, 
and chronically ill. And so, you know, these are the things that I see and I deal with every day. And why is that? You know, we have this, you know, medicine has been, they have this approach that there's, that, that we, we have disease and symptoms for, um, that are, that it's just mysterious. And there's really no true cause for it. When it is the way that we live life, the way that we view life, the way that we experience life, that impacts our health. And so we take that back um, to epigenetics. So if you if you listen to me at all, you know that epigenetics is this amazing and fascinating um, part of science that that puts the control in our hands, right? And so we talk about our genome. So we had the um, uh, our the human genome was mapped out, I think, in like 2001 or something like that. And so the thought was, okay, so that's who we are. We are just our genes. But what we have since discovered is we have locations on top of our genes that turn on and off, and they turn on and off due to lifestyle factors. Um, and that I'm, I'm talking food, exercise, too much, too little, the wrong food, the right food, um, environment, sleep, trauma, stress. Uh, toxicants in the environment, toxicants that you put on your skin, um, all of these things turn these turn your epigenome on and off, which is what allows for genetic expression. So we have the ability to to create healthy or unhealthy genetic expression. And so when I'm talking about that, we can have the the predisposition for autoimmune conditions. We can have uh, the predisposition or the potential, right, the epigenetic potential for autoimmune conditions. Um, I have the epigenetic potential for celiac disease and other autoimmune diseases. Um, we can see that in, in our epigenome and we can see that in testing. It's, it's fascinating. Um, we can have uh, certain variants that, that, that create more of the potential toward cardiovascular disease, toward diabetes, toward obesity. We can have these variants, but it doesn't mean that they have to be turned on. There is, and I was going to grab her name, um, but there is a woman in, um, in you know, the higher ups. You know, it, she's in federal government. She, I believe, she's a doctor. I did not do my 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 pre-show prep very well today, but anyway, what she says was is the number one cause for obesity is genetics. Um, and it's not entirely wrong, but it's mostly not right, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> because, um, I mean, it, what, what, what we're doing is we're saying that what we eat doesn't matter, that, that how we deal with stress doesn't matter, that, um, that how we sleep doesn't matter, that if we are overweight, it's just the way that it is, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And that's a lie. It's a huge lie, and it's 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 sad because it again takes the power out of our hands. We have control now. Going back onto the obesity train, for lack of a better word, it's also in part not our fault because of the way that our food system is today.
We have this highly ultra-processed food that we take and we overeat. So it, it doesn't allow for the right hormones to turn on and turn off our hunger hormones. It doesn't allow our body to work. So what the data shows is that if we eat ultra-processed food, it, we actually take in an extra 500 calories a day by eating ultra-processed food because our body doesn't recognize it. Now, does it not recognize it because we're not get, it's not nutrient-dense? Potentially, is it not recognizing it because it doesn't it doesn't allow for the body to turn these hunger and society hormones on and off? Potentially, I think it's a it's a lot of those things. But we can be obese, we can be overweight, and still be um, and still be undernourished. And I, I I have to talk to my bariatric bariatric surgery clients about this too. Is they they very the, the likelihood of being undernourished is very high because they have there's not the the ability to to process the nutrients that, that are in their food. So back to it. We have gone from I think back in the sixties it was a four percent so four percent or three percent uh, rate of obesity to now it's like 42% obesity. Um, that's not genetic. We don't have the ability to change genetics that way. This is our food system. This is uh, the way that we see and utilize food and the lack of eating good, healthy, nutrient-dense food. Um, this has created such a, a serious situation of this increase in 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 our our health status just well our decrease in health status maybe right so we have an increase in cardiovascular disease we have an increase in diabetes we have an increase in metabolic syndrome which is basically both of those we have an increase of cancer we have an increase of all these things the more science we have the more knowledge we have the sicker we get why is that does that really make sense it not really and so we still then have the situation where we're coming back and we go to our doctor and and they're they're telling us you know we're we're, we're, we're seeing that there is we're feeling that there's an issue but we don't know how to have take care of it so we go to our doctor the doctor says your labs are fine so I want to talk about labs for a minute because I think that there's Labs are, I look at labs as the way the body's talking to us, right? And so, let me back that up a little bit. By, we have, we have lost the ability, in, in many cases, not everyone, but we've lost the ability to, um, to listen to our bodies. And when we have a symptom, a symptom, so we have a, a pain, we have to go take an ibuprofen, right? We just go cover it up. We have heartburn, we have to go take a Tums to, to cover it up. It doesn't fix it, it just covers it up. Uh, you know, so whatever the case may be, we have this place where we're like, okay, this is what's happening, here's a symptom, I need to cover it up. Instead of asking the question, why is this happening in the first place? And that's what we need to do. And that's what I, I try to teach as often as I can to anybody who will listen to me, is always ask why. And when you think you have answers, Ask why again. Ask why again. 
even now, um, it, it, as I work with my clients and I'm asking why, or if I'm, you know, um, at a conference or, you know, at a, at a you know, educational uh, conference or whatever the case may be, I'm learning that there are still deeper whys. So getting in and digging as deep as you can to understand so then the body has the ability to, to work from the bottom up. Um, I say this a lot, um, but you know, if you imagine a tree, you've got the roots and you've got the, the, the branches and the leaves and everything up here. If your roots aren't being nourished, if they don't have the ability to take up nutrients, and if there are things that are blocking um, the ability for the, the tree to function properly, you're going to have spindly leaves, you may have no leaves at all, you know, you're going to have your branches that start to break off and die because they're not getting the nutrients that they need. So when we're looking at root cause, that's what we're talking about. So for us, we're looking at sleep and stress and microbes and infections and um, toxicants, you know, again, there are toxicants in our air and I can't say it enough, look at what you're putting on your skin and on your body. It's not just about what you eat, which is huge, but look at what you're putting um, on your skin, washing your hair with, washing your clothes with, you know, what you're putting in your yard. I mean, we don't need all these poisons and toxins in our yard. So we're poisoning ourselves, we're poisoning our kids, we're poisoning our dogs and our cats and our animals. We don't need these things. Um, you, you know, if, if anything, if you've got a bunch of dandelions in your yard, pick them and eat them. I mean, and that's what a lot of the weeds are. It's food. So it, how interesting is it, I've done this in my own yard, is to look and see what's growing and see what it is that you might be able to do with it. Um, you know, stick it in a pot and, or put it in a salad, whatever the case may be, right? So um, when it comes to to functional labs, so what I was going to say is we've, we, we've lost the ability or we, we just don't pay attention to when our body's trying to talk to us, right? So we blame pain on bad luck or we blame it on genetics. We blame it on, you know, whatever the case may be on age when really it's a symptom or a cluster of symptoms that's going on that we need to listen to and the body's saying, hey, I need you to jump in now. I need you to help me because I can't do this on my own anymore. And so when, I, when we run labs, that's what we're doing. Is this, it's, a, it's a deeper way of allowing the body to talk to us, which is super cool. Um, you know, so I'm a lab geek and I love, to, to, I love the data that it can give me, but it also is a puzzle. So the more labs that we can run that, that makes sense, the more pieces of the puzzle you can put together. And so as I'm, you know, working with clients, you know, we'll run, so you, you, everybody's heard of your typical comprehensive metabolic, pan, metabolic panel with, with um, CBC. So yes, let's run that. But the one that I run is much more extensive. So we're getting many more pieces of the puzzle. But then we might want to run a GI panel. We might want to run a hormone panel. We might want to run um, a, a, a toxicant panel. You know, the, again, the environmental toxicants, the heavy metals, all of these things. The more, depending on the situation, right? We don't want to over test, but the more we can test, the more we can look at these 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 lab results, these functional lab results. The more pieces of the puzzle we can put together. So going back to our typical CMP or comprehensive metabolic panel. We can look at this and we can look at it through our general lab ranges, which is interesting too because these ranges can, can, can be different from lab to lab. 
doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know why that's the case, but it is the case. And so when we're looking at general lab ranges, which is what you know you, you'll, which will be on the lab report, um, oftentimes things can be missed. So when we're looking at it through functional lens or at, at functional ranges, those ranges tend to be sometimes, for lack of a better better word, but maybe a little more narrow. And so if we are outside of functional range, more things may pop up, but it's like the beginning. It's like, this is a red flag, let's pay attention to this, and are there other things that are popping up that are red flags, or even out of you know pathogenic range that we need to look at to help us to understand in the larger portion of the puzzle. Um, and then, you know, and then beyond that, so out of functional range are red flags. Out of lab range is more, you know, your pathogenics. You know, there's there there may be more going on, so we need to really pay attention. But understanding functional ranges is so important because more things will come will will have a tendency of coming up, and you can start to think, okay, now maybe we need to run this lab because this is this is a, an early indicator of whatever the case may be we need to run this lab so we can understand more of what's going on. So it helps to point us in directions of what could be happening. Um, and then we look at other types of, so this is you know more of your, your, your general conventional lab testing. But then we look outside of that and we're looking at things like um, a stool analysis. Nobody likes to do stool analysis, it's no fun. But it can give us more information than so many labs out there. So I run this on basically every client that I have who comes through the door. Why? Because if we understand what's going on in the gut, there's a higher likelihood of understanding what's going on everywhere else. So if we have dysbiosis, which is an imbalance in, in your microbes, if we have parasites, if we have worms, if we have gallbladder dysfunction, if we have pancreatic dysfunction, um, if we have, you know, there are, there are a ton of things. This report that I run is sometimes 70 pages. Now, it doesn't mean you need every bit of that information. A lot of it's a little bit repetitive. But if we want to understand our, our microbiome and why it's functioning as it is, we need to understand the bugs that are, that are, that are there, right? That's understanding our microbiome. We have bugs, even if they are healthy and aren't supposed to be there, sometimes they can become what we call them opportunistic. So they are, um, they're normal, they're healthy in smaller amounts, so our microbiome gets out of whack, and then they are opportunistic, and they have a tendency to flourish, which can create problems. And then, of course, we have uh, just your plain out, you know, pathogenic bugs that, that can create a lot of problems, too. And we all have them. Right, we all have the well, we all have the potential of having them. Even if we live here in the United States, um, we have the potential of having worms. Many of us have worms. We don't eat the way that we used to eat. To that that uh, that are um, you know typical antiparasitics and antimicrobials, like we used to eat. You know, however many hundreds of years ago. You know, with this industrial industrialized society that we live in where we you know we, we eat food that's not really food we're not eating the things that help our bodies to cope with um, invaders right so whether they're worms or whether they're parasites or whether they're just you know just you know microbes that aren't supposed to be there um, we don't 
really have the ability to cope like we used to. Um, our farming methods are in shambles. Conventional farming methods are in shambles. Uh, same with ranching. And you know, we're eating food, even if it's if, if it's a piece of meat, we're eating food that is unhealthy. And the the unhealthy of that animal biochemically translates to us. So same same thing with us. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get it too deep into that right now, just because I've, I have in other shows, so feel free to, to, to check it out. And anytime I talk about meat, anytime I talk about, um, you know, fat and, and, and dairy and those things, uh, you know, I get into why they're a problem, why conventionally they're a problem. And we need to really start to, to take a step back and look at, you know, beyond organic farming and um, get into the regenerative farming. and getting back to basics that's really what it is uh you know the way that we used to work the land the way that we used to raise animals um i, I will say i say this a lot and i and and it's i think it's just so so important to understand that i believe that we are meat eaters um we're not carnivores but we we need to have meat too many things are missing if we don't have meat um with that being said i am a, a huge animal advocate. I believe, I mean, my master's degree is in animal science, right? Um, I, I teach people to feed dogs raw. I think that it's, it's we, I'm a huge animal advocate. We are here to serve these animals while they're here because in the end they serve us, um, especially those that are food animals, cows, chickens, pigs, so forth. So we, we should have them on land where they're only grass-fed, entirely grass-fed. We should have chickens on land where they're able to peck at worms and be in the, be in the sun. Um, we should give them what what God created them to have because that serves us in the end also. So we take care of, of them. They're serving us with their health and with their with their their, their being food, right? And so it's it's really important to, to I mean take that to heart. Uh, we we should be eating animals that are as healthy as they can possibly be because that only benefits us. So which means we need to take care of them, right? We got to take care of these guys. Um, so back to lab work. You know when when we are trying to understand what's going on with the body and we're told we're fine. Again, what's it doing is taking the power away from us. And so take your power back, find somebody who's going to, who's going to be able to dig for you, who wants to, um, to help you find answers, whatever it is. So if it's mental and emotional, the, the changing your food is, uh, changing your food to good healthy food and get, getting away from the ultra processed food the likelihood of it changing your mental and emotional state skyrockets. So if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression, um, you know, especially, gosh, I, I have so many people coming to me after the whole COVID debacle um, and saying, you know, I'm just in this place now and I, I can't get out of it. So, you know, let's look at then, let's look at food, let's look at stress, let's look at all of these other factors and how can we support the body in order to get over the hump of, depression and anxiety because that's what it is it's another symptom depression and anxiety are a symptom the symptom of something deeper so um is it a symptom of something deeper what's what's the inflammatory process why is it happening 
right? Inflammation is the key. But we got to ask why the inflammation is there. So are you absorbing your nutrients or not absorbing your nutrients? Is there a gut issue? Um, is there, a, you know, a microbial issue? Is there, you know, mycotoxin exposures? Um, there, you know, we live in, a, I'm here in Colorado, we live in a fairly dry climate. We still have people, um, I see it all the time, who are exposed to mycotoxins and don't know that mold here can be an issue and it can be a huge, huge issue. And it doesn't just go away. Um, interestingly though, epigenetically, some people have the variants that make them more, uh, more, or, or I guess less tolerant, uh, or less tolerant, more susceptible, whatever you want to call it, to mycotoxins. So two people might live in a home where there are mycotoxins or might eat food, you know, there's, you know, coffee and grains tend to be really, really high in mycotoxins. So if you don't know what mycotoxins are, it's just mold, right? But it's different types of mold, lots of different types of mold out there um, that can be super problematic. Um, but if you're in a home and you have uh, mold in your home, you may have two different people that are exposed. One person may have no reaction, the other person may have massive reactions. Um, I had a, a friend who I was talking to the other day, and I hadn't seen her at the gym in a while. I was like, what's going on? Where have you been? She said, she's just dealing with this massive mold exposure, and she's been not been able to eliminate it. It's not easy. It's not easy to eliminate, and it often goes undetected. And so it can be as simple as having allergies, but it can be as deep as pain and GI dysfunction and um, uh, brain fog and uh, you know all of these things then moving into your really serious um, issues potentially Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and these things that can happen uh, that 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 um, that really again is is just a cluster of symptoms I'm not trying to downplay Alzheimer's and Parkinson's but they are a cluster of symptoms and the body's reacting for a reason. We've got to figure out why and what's causing it. Um, had a client who came to me with, with Parkinson's and uh, ended up, he had Lyme. Lyme disease is everywhere. Lyme disease is crazy, right? And so we can have these, these diseases that mimic neurological issues, right? Think about MS, think about, uh, which is an autoimmune condition, but lots of these autoimmune conditions can be triggered by microbes, can be triggered by, um, by uh, Lyme infections and mycotoxin exposures and things like that. So um, anyway, so understanding labs and understanding that just because your labs look fine doesn't necessarily mean that you're fine. And when you have, um, when you have symptoms that you know that there's a problem and you're told you're fine, it's time to find somebody else who's going to help you. Um, I fully believe that. And, and you've, got a, you've got an interview. You have to interview people. You inter interview all of your practitioners, um, whether it's your doctor, your nutritionist, your PT, your chiropractor. You want to interview them because you want to know that they are on your side and they're going to help you. And they're going to listen to you. Again, it goes back to if you're not being listened to, your power is being taken away. So find somebody who wants to give you your power, who wants to allow you to have your own power, to keep your power, and for you to be accountable, right? We're all accountable for ourselves. We're accountable for what we put in our body. 
we're accountable for the way we react to things, we, we're accountable for the way we treat people. You know, it's we are held accountable, we should be held accountable. Um, and so that is, it's, that's empowering to be held accountable. I have the power in my hands to be healthy for the most part. Genetic conditions are three to five percent of the diseases that we deal with. Um, everything else is lifestyle. So the power is in my hands to be as healthy as I can possibly be. And nobody's perfect, right? We still got to live a life. And I want to make sure that I'm very clear about that because I'm certainly not perfect. Um, and to say that, I should, I should, I should tell you about this because it's really fun when uh, people are, are, are creating new and fun things. Anyway, so I went to a networking event last night and there was a man there um, and it was, the company is Mountain High Pie. <laughs> and um, it actually is moonshine. So interestingly, um, it, but it's really mild, but he takes the moonshine alcohol and then he puts natural juices in it. So it's, you know, one is apple pie and it's delicious. And one was peach cranberry and it was delicious. Anyway, just really fun. Um, you know, I'm not advocating for a bunch of alcohol intake, but you know, it's social. It's a fun thing. That's what we do. And tasting it is really kind of fun. But um, if you're here and or if you're you know anywhere and you want to uh, check out some Mountain High Pie, uh, pretty good stuff. Interesting. Low low alcohol content, so that's good. But um, anyway, so super fun. So the point is that I'm not perfect, and nobody is perfect, and the expectation is never perfection. But knowledge is power, and knowing and having the knowledge so you can make decisions whether they're the right decisions or the wrong decisions, that's what's important. Because if you have the knowledge and you decide, I'm gonna go try a little mountain high pie, then so you do. And you're like, okay, so I don't drink tomorrow. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, right? Um, or if it's, a, has, if it's a cookie or if it's pasta or whatever it is, if it's, um, you know, using something on your skin that you shouldn't use, whatever the case may be. Nobody, nobody's perfect, but having the knowledge so you know how to make the decision, that's what's, that's what's important. And so um, there was something that stood out to me, and this is really kind of off topic a little bit, but I wanted to, I had not thought about this, and I talk a lot about, um, about the toxins that are in our food, the toxins that are in our skincare products, kind of like the things I was just saying. But what I've never thought about are the toxins that are in our gum. So super interesting that plastics, microplastics are found in gum. So if you have a habit of chewing gum, you're eating microplastics. Why? I don't know. It's insanity to me. But you, if it, you know, Plastic is an amazingly toxic substance, uh, both to, to our mitochondria, but also to our endocrine system. And so, you know, I was talking earlier about soulful conception, and so many, we have men and women who are dealing with these fertility struggles or, you know, these, you know, hormonal imbalances, and it's because the endocrine system is 
so whacked out, right? The hormones are all over the place. So our endocrine system is what produces hormones, and our hormones are little communicators, right? It's how they talk to each other. And um, our sex hormones, of course, are super important for you know natural, healthy procreation, as well as our you know especially women, our cycles, our monthly cycles, and so forth. And um, it's not normal to have extreme PMS symptoms. Uh, but we're seeing more and more people are dealing with extreme PMS symptoms or the inability to get pregnant or, unfortunately, loss, right? Or um, the inability to create the sperm, the healthy sperm, the sperm count, the sperm motility. Um, all of those things are, are, are subject to our endocrine system. And so if plastics are these amazing endocrine disruptors, and so I, just to take a step back, um, estrogens, so, so plastics are considered estrogen mimickers or xenoestrogens. Uh, we also have metalloestrogens, so heavy metals can create these estrogenic responses as well. But what happens is um, we, have, we have our cells, we have re estrogen receptor sites all, of our, all over our cells, um, on all of our cells, all over our body. Uh, this is for men and for women. And so what happens is these, these xenoestrogens attach really, really tightly to these estrogen receptor sites, not allowing for our own innate estrogen to do its job. So we end up with these massive fluctuations in uh, the ability for our, our, our body to function properly because our hormones are so out of whack. And so what we're looking at is if we're gum chewers, what it's shown is the plastics in the gum significantly decrease sperm count. If you listen to my to the show last week, or I think it was the week before, we were talking about the decline in male fertility. Um, and in 60, oh gosh, I should know these stats, I just said them, but I think it's in the last 50 years, no, 60 years we've had a 40% decline in male fertility, something like that. It's, um, it's tragic. It's tragic, it really is. Um, and you know, a lot of it is due to all of these things that we're dealing with that our body doesn't know how to deal with. So it could be the xenoestrogens, it can be the EMFs that we're dealing with on way higher levels than, than our bodies know how to handle. Um, it can be the food that we're eating, it can be the lack of, of nutrient dense food. It's all of these things combined together, which is why I think soulful conception is so, so important because again, if we have the knowledge, we have the power to make the change. And then we have the power to increase sperm count and motility and the health of the sperm and the health of the eggs, right? So if you're a woman and you've been told that you can't increase the health of your eggs, it's just not true. You can't, but you gotta know how to do it. And you gotta take the time to do it, which is, you know, again, soulful conception is about creating the healthiest body that you possibly can so you can create the healthiest pregnancy and create the healthiest baby, which then leads on to, to, to epigenetic changes in, in the, for, for the positive for generations to come, and specifically for seven generations, right? We can affect today, if you are out there and looking to get pregnant, you have the ability to affect seven generations ahead. It's a lot of freaking responsibility. It's amazing and it's beautiful, but it, it is, again, it's, I think it's so important 
the power is in my hands. The power is in your hands. It's not up to your doctor. It's not up to your family or your spouse or your friends. It's up to you. Um, and it's beautiful, really beautiful to know that you have the power to impact generations to come. It's amazing. And also knowing, though, that you today are impacted by um, seven generations behind. So when we, when we were talking about, um, I had a conversation with a friend just the other day about this. It's so interesting. But, you know, if, if, if there can be things that have happened generations be, in the past that are affecting you today. It can be trauma, right? We found those epigenetic trauma genes that can be turned on um, and that can impact <clears throat> health and fertility and the way that we, we see the world and the way that we react in the world. Um, and so I think having that knowledge also is so powerful because if you if there is a history of trauma, even if it's generational trauma, Find someone who can help you with that. Um, maybe you don't know it's a thing, but but it can be a thing. And so find somebody who can help you with that because that can be the key to um, just opening up a whole new world, right? Um, it's it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Um, okay, so a couple of things. I think one of the things that I want to hit on that I say a lot, but I think it's really important to to say again. Um, I talk a lot about, of course, as a nutritionist, talk a lot about food. I love food; food's amazing. But when we when we look at food and we take it down, you know, break it down to what it is at its basics. You know, we have we have all these you know relationships with food, right? Some people have an amazing relationship with food and they love it, and it's all fun. And some people are like, I don't know why food hates me every time I eat it. I feel terrible, um, but let's strip all of that away um, and take it back to its basics and what it is, is the language. Food is literally, and the nutrients in our language that speak to our cells and to our DNA. And so if we're eating good, healthy food, um, then our body, it understands, right? It knows what to do. It knows how to function. It's like, it's like you know, I speak English and I listen to English and so I understand it. If we're eating unhealthy food that is full of toxins, full of colors, um, which are super toxic and potentially carcinogenic, depending on the coloring, preservatives, chemicals, food that's not actually food, it sends a really unclean, broken line of communication to our cells, to our DNA. And in time, our body's going to be like, I don't know what you're telling me anymore. This is where we go back to we need to listen to our body because it's going to start knocking on that door and saying, hey, there's something up, and I need you to help me. I need you to step in because I can't do this on my own anymore. It's like an airplane, right? We've got all of these redundancies. The body has all of these redundancies, and it can go and go and go and go and go until it can't go anymore, and then you have the, the, it starts to break down. Um, and so if we listen to those symptoms and understand that the body's trying to tell us something, um, then, then we have the ability to intervene, right? And get back to this because I think sometimes it helps people to understand um, a little bit better is when we're eating this unclean food and foods full of chemicals it's almost like the food is speaking Spanish to an English speaking body it's like I don't know what you're trying to tell me here so I don't know what to do and I don't know how to function anymore 
And so taking that and, and really taking it to heart and, and knowing what it is that you're putting in your mouth, and again, what you're putting on your skin, because it's basically the same thing, um, knowing that it is literally telling your body what to do. But we also have the, have to have the ability, the body has to have the ability to, um, to break down and to utilize the nutrients. Which is again, you go back to, that's why you know functional lab testing is so important because we can look at whether your body is struggling to break down food. We can look at if your body is absorbing nutrients. We can look at um, uh, 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 nutrient levels, micronutrient levels, both uh, intracellularly and extracellularly. And, and, and both of those are gonna tell us something a little bit different. Uh, and so we can, we can start to get a clear a clearer picture of why things are happening and how we can address those in order to allow the body to move into, uh, you know, homeostasis, right? Where you're not experiencing the symptoms anymore. Sometimes it's super simple and sometimes it's not. Um, and so, um, again, just taking a step back and, and asking the question, why is this happening? And if I can't figure it out, I need to go find somebody who can help me figure it out or multiple people who can help you figure it out. We gotta have a team. Um, I think having a team is uh, is one of the best things that we can do in order to get to those places that we need to be in life. So whether it's dealing with health issues, whether it's business issues, if it's family issues, financial issues, spiritual issues, right? We gotta have our people who are there to help us, to support us, who are there to help us grow, who listen to us, and only want to lift us up. Because when we're being lifted up, then we can also lift. And I think that that is, is key to life, right? It's key to, to, to um, us creating, uh, you know, let's see, us creating a world that is a little bit different than it has been over the last couple of years. <laughs> um, we, you know, we have become very uh, disconnected um, and we're continuing with the way the internet and everything works is, is, is pretty disconnected. But, um, you know, getting back to, to supporting each other um, as much as possible, even if we don't always agree. I think it's 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 important to try to support um, as much as we can. So anyway, um, let's see. I think it's important to try to figure out what I want to talk about next. Um, but understanding when we're looking at food, it's sad because we taking this most basic thing and we have we don't understand it anymore right so take flour for instance um we've we've for millennia we have been making flour based foods right so bread and unleavened bread and you know all of these things and what it's what it does to us now is very different than what it did to us back then but what's happened well we have industrialized our food so besides the fact that it's full of pesticides and herbicides um we have taken so gluten specifically right or the wheat grain specifically we've taken it we've modified it uh, hybridized it and increase the gluten content so it bypasses the blood-brain barrier so it, that you know in and of itself creates problems and addictions um, but we eat so much of it at this point it's like flour and sugar is in everything and so this 
only creates a situation of you know more likelihood of insulin resistance, right? And so we have insulin resistance, and we have more metabolic conditions, more metabolic diseases, and all of these you know this inflammatory process that 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 all it does is create more and more and more of a problem. But it's because we've changed the food and because we eat more of these things. Really, if we were to 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 if you know for plant based right it's not that we should eat all plants but eat a lot of plants right i started making actually i started making a soup that is it's like a big huge thing of soup and i'll eat it just kind of eat it throughout the day but it's all vegetables and i'll mix it with some bone broth which is really nice too um but i'll eat that and i eat it throughout the day and it's just this really nice easy comforting veggie soup and when i get hungry that's what i'll go to until i'm ready to eat something else right <laughs> but you know, having something like that that's a go-to, um, and maybe I should do, uh, I should probably do a show on just some, some simple tips to have things in the fridge. So you have a go-to, so you're not tempted to go to the bread, let's just not have it in the house anyway. But there's some amazing, amazing, healthy nut-based breads out there right now. One I've, I've talked about it before, but my favorite right now is base culture, um, because it's a nut-based bread, it's a, it's a healthy, uh, alternative and it's going to have good healthy fats and it's going to have more fat than it is carbohydrate um, and it's delicious so it's not cardboard which is nice because a lot of bread up till this time has been you know pretty pretty cardboardy um, but so many beautiful alternatives to to um, to our tradi not even traditional foods to our industrialized foods um, and just taking taking those and, and, and getting back to basics, you know, eating good, healthy fat, eating good, healthy meat, eating good, healthy vegetables. Um, and then all of the rest of it is kind of, you know, little, little bits here and there. If you can do some um, gluten-free grains, then, you know, maybe that's okay for you. Uh, some beans, maybe that's okay for you. Um, so uh, really just, you know, taking it, Looking at your plate, and if you know that what's on your plate is from the ground, is from the earth, that's, you know, that's really, that's key. Um, and it's key to allowing your body to work properly and to continue to work properly, to allow for your hunger hormones to work properly, for your sex hormones to work properly, for your thyroid hormones to work properly. All of these things um, are key in allowing the body to function. And... It's not about living longer, but about living fully in the time that we have here. And so, you know, we, we, we have, you know, all of these, this, you know, these longevity, you know, classes and courses and conferences, and, and which is great. I mean, I think it's important because there's a lot of important uh, information in there, but we don't know how long we have. But we certainly know that if we are here for um, an extended period of time, I know I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I know I want to be able to walk. I want. I know I'm going to want to be able to go and do the things that I need to do and want to do, and to continue to to to, to help uplift others. As long as I'm here, and if there's any chance that I'm going to be wheelchair bound or have to have a walker, I mean that scares the crap out of me. And so that's you know part of my motivation is to make sure that that doesn't happen because I don't want to be. 90 and stuck in a bed or stuck in a home, right? Um, and and some, sometimes there's those things that there are obviously factors that we, we that are out of our control. But um, I'm going to do 
you know, my damnedest to make sure that that, that, that I do, that I am as healthy as I possibly can for as long as I'm here. So anyway, um, what else do we have? That's, I, th I think that probably shouldn't start anything else. We've only got just a couple of minutes left, but um, I am, I think I want to just kind of hit on soulful conception again. This is a program intended for, for women and for men. Um, it does speak mostly to women, but it's so important to, um, to make sure that we're including men's health as we're talking about procreating, as we're talking about preconception planning. Um, you know, there are some, some simple things that we can do and there's some, you know, not so simple things that we can do to ensure that we're doing everything possible to create that healthy pregnancy and that healthy baby. Um, and half of it is, is, it's on the part of the man. So coming into it uh, as a partnership, I think is very, very important. Um, and having the understanding that the data shows that just a few lifestyle changes can increase or can decrease the, the negative outcomes of pregnancy, right? It's small changes that make big differences. And so my goal is to come at this um, and, 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 and work with people as early as possible so we can get beyond the junk, right? And get as healthy as possible. And how long does that take? I don't know, is it a month? Is it three months? Is it a year? It really depends on what's going on, right? If uh, someone comes to me and they have Hashimoto's, right? So Hashimoto's can have a major impact on fertility. Hashimoto's, if you don't know, it's an auto autoimmune thyroid condition. So if we're dealing with something like that, it might take longer to get healthy to make sure that we can, that, that, that she can hold on to that pregnancy. Um, but, you know, if it's just a few simple lifestyle changes, that's great too. So it depends on the person, depends on the need, depends on the health status. But doing everything that we can today makes a difference for later on, right? It makes a difference for generations, which is, again, it's super fascinating, super intriguing, uh, and it's really it really can make a difference. We're in a we're in a place in in our health right now, and I said this you know earlier a little bit, but we are, I think we're sicker. We're living longer. Well, not after COVID, we're not, but um, we're we have been living longer, but we are also sicker, and we don't have the immunity that we should have. We don't have the um, the our bodies don't function as well as they should because of all of these things that we've discussed today. Um, and, and, you know, there are other things as well, but, um, I want, I always want you to know that sometimes it's important to look outside the conventional. Um, and that's the goal of this show too, is to, whether it's by me or by, you know, a, a guest I bring in, it really is about bringing to you the people who are the very best at what they do, who maybe are not conventional, but maybe have the ability to help you with whatever your situation is, right? So lots of different different um, modalities, different gifts that people have, different uh, uh, views that people have that allow, to, to allow them to serve different people for their different needs. 
Um, and that's, you know, I, I have a lot of gifts that I can share, but there are a lot of things that I have no clue about. <laughs> so I'm very, very well aware of that. And so I, I want people to know that there's more than just the conventional. I want people to know that there are people who can help them with their generational trauma, right? That can allow for us to get rid of some of that, that junk. That can allow us to move through the blocks, whether that's, again, physical, mental, and emotional. That can help us through financial difficulties, um, you know, spiritual questions, that kind of thing. So finding the people who are your people is how we can lift each other up and how we can be better and that's that's really you know one of my one of my few purposes here is to do my best to bring goodness uh, whether that's through me or through other people um, to to continue to spread goodness right and, and spread health and spread understanding um, and continue to give and continue to serve and have some fun Right? This is, uh, you know, part of feeling good is, is having fun. And fun is a good thing. And laughter is a good thing. The last thing that I'll say on laughter, um, some of you know I lost my mom a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. And I was reading a book on the, the stories of people who healed their cancer outside of the conventional and, and what they did to heal their cancer. And one of them that really struck me was a woman who, um, who healed her cancer through laughter. She didn't do any kind of conventional treatments, and I'm not saying that conventional treatments are bad. Everybody's different, and everybody does what they need to do for themselves. But she took to heart the fact that we don't laugh the way that we should, and we don't laugh as often as we should. And, and really, laughter can is so healing. Um, and so take that for what it is, laugh some more, enjoy your life, um, enjoy your food, eat good food, healthy food can be delicious. And a lot of people don't think that's the case, but oh my goodness, healthy food can be delicious. Um, so take it, also know that when, if you're making changes, if you're making lifestyle changes from the fast food or the, the junk food to the more healthy foods, know that you're not only doing it for you, but you're doing it for your family. If you are a child, childbearing years, you're doing it for generations. These are the things that can that can can save lives. Literally, can save lives. And I think it's important to know that again, power is in our hands, right? Power is in your hands. So take it, love on it, enjoy it. And um, I think I'm again. I'm by myself again next week. So uh, we'll talk about some other fun stuff. But um, I'm always here to be of service. If you have questions, please feel free to reach out, whether it's to tastelifenutrition.com. Um, I have a free assessment you can take, and, you can, and I reach out to you personally, and we chat about it and see where we might be able to help. Um, if you have questions about soulful conception, which is purposeful living, soulful, F-U-L-L, purposeful living for a healthy body, healthy pregnancy, and a healthy baby, um, I would love to talk to you about that. Um, I have, just like with the show, lots of really cool, amazing experts who are part of my team to help um, to help you through that preconception planning process. Uh, really, really good stuff. Super excited about that. Um, and then, of course, you can always reach out to me via you know Facebook or Instagram or any of those places. I do my best. Not always great, but I do my best. Um, but uh, anyway. 
Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you same time, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, streaming live here on KUHSDenver.com, and then, of course, turning into the Tay Talk Nutrition Podcast. See you later. Bye, everybody.